you're tuning in to the Welcome to Motherhood podcast, the series that helps to make motherhood easier, one podcast at a time. I'm your host, Natasha Suttle, mum of four, midwife, educator, terrible housewife, and huge advocate for ditching the mum guilt. Find advice for all your motherhood questions from birth onwards. So here we go, let's get into it. Okay, let's go. This episode is literally your keep it as simple as possible breastfeeding 101. And I am talking to pregnant women, I'm talking to new mums, I'm even talking to existing mums who kind of know what to do but maybe don't know the ins and outs. So this is literally going to be a snap bang breastfeeding 101 if you don't know don't listen to anything else about breastfeeding and you have no time, at least listening to this will give you a step up. I'm going to go straight on into it. We've got no time to muck around. Let's get breastfeeding. First, I'm going to talk about the main two hormones that are really the driving force behind breastfeeding. You've got prolactin, which is essential. It's basically the hormone for the production of your milk. Um, the amount basically levels are higher at night than during the day. That's why often you'll hear people talk about night feeding or really good quality milk at night or in the morning and things like that. So prolactin is actually, um, its production is actually inhibited by progesterone, which is important for birth of the placenta. So that's kind of the, I won't go into too many details, but it's the whole process of birth. Birthing the placenta does what it needs to do to then kick off your milk production. The body is amazing. Second hormone, oxytocin. Oxytocin is the love hormone. It is the hormone that drives your contractions in labor. It is an essential hormone for removal of milk from the breast. It causes like contraction of cells around the milk secreting glands. Um, again, it causes contraction of the uterus as well. It's pretty amazing. And it, what that contraction of the cells around the um, milk glands do is they actually start to expel the milk and create that free flow of milk along the ducts. Pretty much your letdown. So your oxytocin's behind your letdown. So those are the two hormones that you may or may not have heard before or you may not even commit it to memory, but just important to know that you've got two amazing hormones in your body right now that are literally going to drive your breastfeeding journey. Amazing. So I'm going to go into what some of you may have heard about before is colostrum. Liquid gold, the early milk, the yellow milk, gold milk, whatever you've heard it called, it is magic. Colostrum, it's the thick yellow fluid. It's basically, um, you can start getting it in your breast from about 16 weeks of pregnancy. Some people just, they never leak it, so you might never know it's there. But that's what is, that's how early that it actually starts being formed in your breasts. And sometimes you will get a bit of leakage during pregnancy, which is also normal. It is really, really high in density and low in volume. Hence the fact that we often will say a little bit of colostrum is mad packed with nutrients and vitamins and minerals and pretty much everything your baby needs. It's amazing. What the colostrum also does is it's really high in protein. It's got, like I said, minerals. It's got vitamins A and K. It's got antibodies from mum to baby. It also has this amazing job of actually facilitating the flora and basically the good stuff, <laughs> for want of a better word, in the digestive tract. And it facilitates that passage of all the meconium and everything coming out. So again, it's a massively important role. And that's why even small amounts in your baby's belly, people often panic in the first few days before their milk comes in, as we often refer to it. They think it's only a tiny amount of colostrum. 
we've had women that get like 0.1 of a mil or 0.2 of a mil and us as midwives are like, yay, that's great because we know it is so full of good stuff. So colostrum is the liquid gold. The next thing I'm going to talk about is what we call the mature milk. Sounds very boring compared to liquid gold, but mature milk. That is basically really variable between women and between mums, variable in color, amounts, all of that kind of thing. The contents literally change one feed to another, and this is even more amazing. And that happens as the baby grows and develops. When babies are sick, the mum's body is said to know what to do and to send antibodies and do certain things to help your baby through their milk. In hotter weather, the milk is known to have more of a water component so babies don't get dehydrated. Like Your body is literally assessing what's going on around, assessing what's happening from the baby's latch, the baby's saliva. Oh, amazing. And doing what it needs to do and putting what it needs in that milk. Baby at the start of a feed gets what they call foremilk and they get the hind milk towards the end of the feed. That's why it's really important. So to keep having a decent length feed is really helpful. You're going to have little feeds with your baby here and there. That's fine. But that's why you often hear people talk about the fact that, you know, it's good to get them to have a decent feed or even if it's a small feed pump afterwards to get that hind milk towards the end out. So that is, again, a couple of the goodens about baby milk. I could talk for hours on this topic, so I've literally had to write myself notes to make sure I keep it simple and keep it light, just so you can walk away with like, hey, I know what colostrum is. Hey, I know what's in the normal milk and why there's more of it or why there's less colostrum. So that's as much as you need to know. And I, one little thing I need to tell you too is milk can almost change color. There's even sometimes I've seen women's milk that's slightly bluey or slightly greeny or more yellow or more clear. And a lot of the times it's totally normal. There will sometimes be a little bit of um, blood in the milk potentially if you've had a cracked nipple or anything like that. And that's so okay. Just keep feeding your baby. Feed, feed, feed. Now, feeding cues. I've talked about cues in my episodes before. Tired cues, feeding cues, just Learning cues of your baby is one of the biggest, most stressful things in the first little while. But once you do, it becomes a lot less stressful. So I'm going to go over some really um, common feeding cues. Like there's going to be heaps, but these are the pretty much main ones that you're going to look out for. Babies will sometimes lick their lips and now someone put their hands in their mouth. A free hand by a baby, they're pretty much going to put it in their mouth most of the time. But you will see sometimes you'll notice your baby starts to lick their lips, starts to open their mouth and starts to put their hands up to their mouth when they start to be hungry as well. They'll open their mouth and they're really cute, almost like they're trying to see if they can latch to something and just kind of pout around and pucker their lips and things like that. They'll also often turn their heads to the side, like if you're holding them, they'll turn in. Could be dad holding them, they'll turn in. Babies have this amazing reflex called the rooting reflex that literally will just try and pucker their lips and latch and suck and open their mouth and turn and do all these amazing things that are almost like what they would do when they were feeding. They also might make some little small noises like um, oh, like sometimes it can be the lips or the licking of the lips or the packing of puckering of the lips together. You will hear a few little noises as well and those can be um, some of those feeding cues. Obviously the late feeding cues is the screaming and hunger and trying to latch onto your elbow but if we can get earlier with some of those early ones it's often a lot easier to get your baby latching. I'm going to go into skin to skin and skin to skin is one of those things that we absolutely support and encourage and really strive to get people to have immediately after birth. 
The benefits are huge of skin to skin. One of the main ones is promoting breastfeeding because it has baby right next to you. They can smell you. They can see you. They can taste you. They can really start you. It's amazing to watch. There's babies that you can put on a mum's chest and they will find their way to the breast and nipple and start feeding. They will instinctively work their way there. So skin to skin, there's lots of benefits. I'm going to go into more, but skin to skin for promoting breastfeeding and early breastfeeding and starting off your breastfeeding journey right is massive. It's one of the biggest things I always promote. Skin to skin also helps maintain your baby's temperature. So you've had your baby, they've been inside you, your, your body's been maintaining their absolute correct temperature. They're born into the world, they're often wet, they're damp, they get cold really fast. You don't want your baby to get cold. One of the best ways to bring their temperature up and in align with what it should be in yours is to have them skin to skin. And it's amazing. You watch it work. We see babies, their temp's too low. We put them on mum. It's amazing watching their temp- temperature regulate along with mum. It also promotes a regular heartbeat of babies. Like they're right next to you. They're next to your heart. They're calm. They're settled. They feel like even though they've been born into this big, wide, scary world, nothing like what they were like, you know, five minutes prior when they were still inside you. But it promotes that sense of calmness and it regulates their breathing and it regulates their heart rate. And they generally will just be a lot more comfortable and happy and settled when they're skin to skin. Hey, and this goes for a post, like as soon as you've had baby, And even weeks and weeks later, if your baby's unsettled, give them some skin to skin and it's amazing what it can do. It also helps with the bonding, like that that real instinctive bond of having your baby on top of you just absolutely can just, for you and for baby, it just is amazing for that bonding period. And not just for you mentally, but also physically to know like you're now holding this baby outside you that has been inside you and this is your baby you've felt them kick from the inside you're now holding them on the outside this obviously skin to skin is not 100% breastfeeding and this is a breastfeeding 101 episode but skin to skin is one of the biggest 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 most important factors for starting off successful breastfeeding so it's definitely important to really plug the skin to skin benefits while we're here benefits of breastfeeding You've probably heard these. You've probably heard them a thousand times. A lot of education is often done in pregnancy um, and also just in the media and information and things you read and the old Google and things like that with regards to benefits. So I'm going to break it down for benefits to you as mum and benefits to baby. First, I'm going to go for you. Benefits to mums for breastfeeding has been shown in some research to actually reduce the risk of ovarian and breast cancer and osteoporosis. Like, That's pretty amazing that your body's production of breast milk and breastfeeding itself helps reduce the risk of getting those. It helps you lose weight quicker generally and that is often the number one benefit that people know of for mum when it comes to breastfeeding. Sometimes people know of no other benefits when it comes to breastfeeding but you generally do or can lose weight a little bit faster. Not everyone. It's not a surefire weight loss technique but it generally does help. It also delays the return of your periods, again, generally. Some people still get them back. But if you are regularly feeding your baby, you generally won't get a period, potentially till you finish feeding or potentially for quite a few months down the line. And everyone seems to be quite happy with that. Um, If you are breastfeeding and your baby is generally healthy and getting those antibodies, you may find that they get sicker less, which is obviously helpful for you because you're not dealing with a sick baby. So that always comes in the benefits list for mum whenever research is done. Often mums flag that as one of the benefits as their babies, they see them as being healthier. And also financially, I mean, you gotta look, can't look past the fact that breastfeeding is free. 
So you're putting zero outlay to feed your baby. Your breastfeeding's free. So that's always got to be, hey, it's got to be a benefit for you. Benefits for baby. These are some of the things that you probably would have heard many a time, but I'm going to kind of drill it down to potentially a few more that you would have no idea about. Breastfeeding is seen to basically make your baby potentially healthier. Uh, There is a lot of research into the fact that there is a bit of a a reduction in infections, reduction in asthma levels, reduction in allergies and things like skin conditions like eczema. And there's a bit of research going on um, more lately into the fact that there's a bit of a reduction in celiac disease in those children that were breastfed. It also has been proven in some research more recently again is to reduce the chance of obesity, childhood obesity, and also reduce the chance of diabetes in those children as well um, from that breastfeeding. So that's some research that I'm sure in this day and age where childhood obesity and diabetes is on the increase, there'll probably be a lot more research into that too and the benefits of breastfeeding as we move forward. It also um, has been said that you also can help with speech, just that whole mouth development and the sucking and the latching. It's just doing amazing work in the mouth. So it also has been linked to the fact that it can also help with speech and progress as your children um, grow older as well. So those were a few of the breastfeeding um, benefits for baby. You can Google and there's lots of lists of all the different other little things that have come up in research too. But those are some of the main ones that do come up when we talk about the main um, benefits of that. One thing that people is probably one of the biggest concerns for breastfeeding mums in those early days is, is my baby getting enough? And I say this and I'm hand on heart. I don't think there's many mums that leave hospital that haven't been concerned about whether their baby's getting enough because when you're breastfeeding, you don't know how much your baby's getting. When you're bottle feeding, you can say my baby had 25 mils at 10 o'clock and had 35 mils at 4 p.m. When you're breastfeeding, you can say my baby had a feed for about 15 minutes and then they went to sleep. What was in there? I don't know, but my breast feels soft. Some of the biggest signs and the things I often get people to focus on with regards to baby getting enough breast milk. Baby's getting um, multiple wet nappies a day. So we often say in the early days, if your baby's getting five or six wet nappies a day, that's great. That will, they'll get fuller. Obviously, the more your baby drinks, they'll get fuller and sometimes they're really soaked or, you know, you might not change as often. So you might notice there's four really full nappies or it's, you'll start to get the pattern and see. Your baby's getting lots of wet nappies. Your baby's obviously taking it enough to be weeing enough. A baby that's not getting enough milk and is starting to get dehydrated will stop weeing as much. They generally will have a lot less wee coming out. In the early days of first couple of days, when you're just having colostrum before your milk comes in, you will sometimes see what we call urates, which can be like an orangey, really dark orangey, pinky, little patches in the nappy. That is where the body is actually burning down its little fat inside baby's body because it's not getting enough milk at that stage. That can be really common in the first few days with colostrum. If it happens often or your milk's not coming in and you're still getting, are you having those more than once or twice, just put your hand up to your midwife or whoever's looking after you, um, matern- uh, postnatally or maternal health nurse, child health nurse or so forth, and just let them know. And they can just get a bit of a monitor on a gauge on how much baby's feeding. But in those first couple of days when you're waiting for your milk to come in, you sometimes will see those like darker orange urates in your baby's nappy, which again, like I mentioned, once or twice is quite normal. If it keeps going on or your baby's showing other signs of being dehydrated, you would always want to put your hand up and just get someone to have a look into it. We want babies as at the current research as of now, again, these things may change, but basically the general rule is we want baby back at their birth weight before they're two weeks old. 
When people hear that, they often feel relieved. Generally, a baby's born, they will lose some weight once they're born. Babies have this amazing ability. Again, body, amazing. Babies are born with what we call brown fat. And what brown fat is, is it's basically a fat store that babies have in certain parts of their body that has been put there because Mother Nature knows and your body knows in those first couple of days with colostrum, it is crammed with minerals, nutrients, and all the good stuff they can need, but it's not very big in volume. So your baby's going to lose a bit of weight. So they're born with a little fat store called brown fat that will burn off in the first couple of days. So babies after birth, majority of the time will lose weight. Mums often have a massive panic if they don't know this is the case and they can get so, so worried. The general rule is you don't want, once your baby's lost about 7% of its birth weight, often we'll start to look at some feeding plans and try and be a bit more, you know, proactive about feeding a bit more regularly and look at a bit of a plan with a lactation consultant or a midwife and so forth. And once babies lost 10% of their birth weight, that's when we really need to start quite urgently putting some measures in place and bulking that baby up. But generally up to about 7% of its birth weight is pretty normal to still lose after birth. The main thing is we, once it goes down, we want it to make sure after when your milk comes in, it starts to move up again. We don't want it to keep losing weight, obviously, but it is normal to lose weight after birth. Once they start to again burn that brown fat, you'll see they will lose a bit of weight, milk will come in, and babies will start to gain, you know, a chunk of grams a day. So by two weeks, they're back to their birth weight. Majority of babies, often you get to a week and they're not far from their birth weight or they're over their birth weight sometimes too. But you do have basically at the moment, as it currently stands with research, we say up to two weeks until your baby needs to be back at its birth weight before we'll have to start looking into other other things to help them chunk it on basically. So that's pretty amazing. Feeding regularly is also a good sign that your baby's getting enough. Normally in the first 24 hours, um, you'll find your baby will feed a bit after birth and they might go for even up to about six hours between feeds in that first 24 hours because they're a bit confused, they're a bit concerned, they don't really know what's happening, they're also a bit exhausted. And I've talked, I had a whole episode on the first 48 hours, so I talk a bit about feeding in there as well, That you can have a listen to that one. But after that, and once you get to that kind of second day and going forward with a newborn, most women will generally do a bit of a demand feeding and feed when baby wants to be fed, which generally is quite often. But generally every two to three hours, your baby's going to be fed in the first few weeks of life at least. And that's also a sign that your baby's, you know, they're waking for feeds, they're, you know, they're really good sucks on there. You'll start to see, and I'm sure your health professionals would have shown you, you'll start to see babies swallowing and look at the signs to see that they've got a good latch and see that they're swallowing. If they're swallowing, it means there's milk. So you're not going to get a baby pretending to swallow. If they're swallowing, there's milk. And so that's always a good sign as well. Demand feeding is basically the term used, and people have said to me, what's demand feeding? I'm really embarrassed, but I don't know what that means. Demand feeding is basically feeding when your baby shows signs versus like really set routine feeding where it is, no, thank you, baby Susan, you are feeding every three hours and not before and not after. Demand feeding is a bit more going with the flow and you'll generally see that babies will stir and wake around that two to three hour mark to be fed anyway. If they don't, that's when you generally do need to wake them up to feed them. Um, I say demand feeding, but the caveat on that is you don't let them go too long and you wake them up at an age appropriate time, which in the first two weeks is normally only a max of three, max of four hours if they're healthy, well babies. So 
Demand feeding is generally going with the flow and it's amazing when you watch it happen how you'll notice your babies can often wake up like clockwork in the same amounts of time. Growth spurts are going to throw you. And I have an episode coming up on growth spurt, so I won't go into that too much. But you will find for breastfeeding wise, you will have a few growth spurts over the first few months that will make you think you have no milk left, you can't feed properly because your baby's starving. You will get them. It is normal. And again, in a couple of episodes time, I'll really break down the time frames and when they are. But just please keep in mind, just persevere. You might have 24 to 48 hours of a baby who seems like they're ravenous and they haven't fed before and this might be you know four weeks or one week or at six weeks and so forth just keep persevering this is one of those typical it's not you it's them and it is them it isn't you you just keep doing what you're doing they're getting what they need they're just going through a growth spurt as far as breastfeeding goes those are pretty much the main things and again I've been talking for 21 minutes nearly those are the things I want you to remember and know I would hope that you have more knowledge than this on breastfeeding. I would hope you have an amazing midwife and child health um, nurses and staff and support staff around you that they've given you so much more breastfeeding knowledge than this. You're like, Tash, I'm all over this. Like, I know this. This is basic. You know, you don't need to tell me what I already know. But I'm talking here because I know it gets overwhelming. You may have forgotten a lot and you might be thinking, what do I need to remember? What is important? What are the things that are going to keep me awake at night worrying about if I'm doing the right thing, how much milk there should be, how often my baby should be weeing, you know, how often they should be feeding and all of that kind of stuff. So you remember what you've been told already. You've probably got some fantastic knowledge in there, but just keep in mind this little episode is just to cement in some of those basics and some of those things that I really want you to push through with and know that these are some key breastfeeding tips. Remember all of this and you can build it on it with everything else you know and this will help you start your journey and feel a bit more comfortable in what you're about to get involved in or what you're currently doing. So I hope this has been helpful. Um, I hope that it has given you a bit more confidence that you know what you're doing breastfeeding wise. Again, I am going to talk to, I've, I've got a couple more lactation consultant episodes coming up in the next couple of months as well with regards to, you know, when things are going wrong and tips and things like that. So please keep tuning in, subscribe to my podcast. There's loads of good stuff coming. I've planned out the next few months and it is amazing. Make sure you jump on to my social media accounts and like me on Welcome to Motherhood podcast on both Insta and Facebook and send me messages, get chatting, put comments on there. I love to hear from you guys. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Welcome to Motherhood podcast. Be sure to subscribe to be alerted when each new episode hits the airwaves. I hope you enjoyed it and can walk away with a few key take-home messages to help you make your motherhood journey that little bit easier. See you next time.